0: Only then, that which is nameless, comes into being.
1: This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti Podcast. Tradition can be 10,000 years old, or two days old, and according to that I live. This means I live in the past and am therefore betraying the present. Hello and welcome to episode 200 of Urgency of Change. This is the final episode in season 4. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast is compiled from carefully chosen extracts from the archives. The aim is to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to many of the fundamental issues and questions we all face in our lives. This week's theme is Tradition. Upcoming themes in Season 5 include Illusion, Clarity, Disorder and Liberation. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please visit the official YouTube channel for hundreds of advert-free, full-length video and audio recordings of Krishnamurti's talks. In addition, the Foundation's own channel features hundreds of specially selected clips. You can also find our regular Krishnamurti quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on tradition has five sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in New Delhi, 1962, titled, Tradition is Habit Seasoned in Time.
0: We were saying last time that we met here, how important it is that there should be a total revolution, not reformation, not the reforming of society, but a complete, inward revolution of the mind. We said that a new mind is necessary to meet not only the present crisis, which is always expanding and growing worse, but also a new mind is necessary to discover for ourselves what is true, and if there is a state of creativity, beyond time. For that a new mind is necessary, a new mind that is not slave to obedience, to authority, that comprehends totally that state of humility in which alone there can be a learning. And, as I said last Sunday, is it possible for the individual to break away from society, and it is only in breaking away from society the individual comes into existence, and is it possible for that individual to bring about a new mind. We said that society is the past, and each one of us is the result of the past, he is the result of his environment of the society he lives in, of the culture in which he has been brought up, the religious propaganda with which he has been inculcated through centuries. He is the result of all that, which is the past. and. Is it possible to break away from the past, totally? The past being not only yesterday, but the many thousand yesterdays. The past, which is the atomic bomb, as well as the tradition of the Hindu, the Christian, the Buddhist, or of the recent religious, social revolutionary, who is the communist. The past is not only the tradition, but also the result of that tradition in conjunction with the present, which creates the future, because for most of us, Tradition is very important. We have to understand tradition. There is the tradition of the weaver, there is the tradition of the scientist, there is the tradition of the scholar, there is the tradition of the so-called religious person. the tradition of the technician. Where is one to draw the line between that kind of tradition, where technological knowledge is essential to live in this world, and where is it a detriment, a total detriment, to a creative mind? I think each one of us should comprehend this problem of tradition, because tradition is after all habit, habit seasoned in time, and that habit shapes our thought shapes all our existence, forces you to go to the office, forces you to maintain a family, which which evokes responsibility, duty, and habit of morality. and in which is included obedience. All these are, shall I, tradition, they compose tradition, they make up tradition. And Do I go on? And is tradition, does tradition help to bring about a creative mind? That is the new mind. All habit prevents the total comprehension of that which is beyond time. There is no good habit and bad habit. All habit is the same. But to free the mind from habit is surely extraordinarily important, because habit is merely a technique, an easy way of living in which not deep thinking is necessary. That's why most of us cultivate habit, which becomes almost automatic, and thereby we needn't exert too much vitality of thought. So we cultivate habit, which gradually, through time, becomes tradition. Now, the whole of that is the power. The past, including the ideas, the gods, the various conscious and unconscious influences, the various compulsions and urges, the various accumulations to which we are attached, all that is the past not only the accumulated memories of the individual of the person but also the accumulated knowledge of humanity which, is, which has been gathered accumulated through centuries there is the accumulation in the unconscious And there is the accumulation in the conscious. The accumulation in the conscious is the present technological education, environmental, social influences of the present. There is also in the unconscious the residue of thousands of years of man's endeavour, his knowledge, his hopes, his frustrations. His unexpected demands. All that is the past. The past is you, and there is nothing else but the past. And I think it is very important to understand this.
1: The second extract is from the first talk in Bombay 1974, titled Tradition Makes the Mind Mechanical.
0: I used to know a man. One day he was walking along the beach, and upon the shore, he found a piece of wood. Washed by waves, rubbed by sands, and it it had taken a peculiar shape. And it had some beauty in that shape. He brought it home one day and put it on the mantelpiece. It, It looked so nice, so beautiful, so polished. And he thought the next day he would put a flower to it beside it. and day by day, year by year he put various flowers. And suddenly he realised how sacred that thing was, because he had made it sacred. A piece of stone is a piece of stone. A book that is printed is a book, it is not sacred, and you have lived by that book. That means you have lived by a theory, by somebody else's conclusions, and the explanation of those conclusions by various swamis, gurus and all those interpreters who are really exploiters have nothing to do with reality. Reality is in your daily life. Now, can your mind, which is shaped by the society in which you live, can that mind undergo a radical transformation? Can that mind regenerate itself? That means can that mind be free of tradition? You know that word tradition has a very deep meaning. It can be ten thousand years old or two days old. I can create a tradition of two days, according to that I live, which means I live in the past, therefore I am betraying the present tradition also means betrayal not only something handed over but also it means betrayal and when you are when you accept tradition as you do and when young generation revolts against that You are puzzled, horrified, all the rest of it. But you, when you live according to tradition, you are betrayed. Your life, your life that is being lived in the present, not in the past. To the mind, first of all, be free of tradition. You know what that means? How enormously complicated it is? Which is not to say or do anything which is not absolutely yours. you understand something that you have seen for yourself that demands a freedom a mind that is not afraid So tradition is involved in regeneration of the mind. Can the mind – please listen to me – which functions mechanically when you follow tradition. The mind has become mechanical when you say, I believe in God. As all of you do, don't you? Yes, you do. Ah, I know, I know, sir, I know. I don't. Know. You don't, all right. <laughs> you see, it's all such cheap stuff. You don't and he does. <laughs> wait, sir, wait, sir. Do you know anything about God? Yes, I know. Sit down, sir, please. You can ask after. Do you know something about God? How do you know he exists? You have been told by your parents, by your books, by your society that there is God. And if you are living in communist Russia, <coughs> where the tradition says, don't believe in God, there is no such thing, there you are, you are educated not to believe. And here you are educated to believe. Both are the same. That's your part of your tradition. Part of your tradition is the family. How important the family has become. How important India has become. Which is part of your tradition. To accept the tradition of an army, navy, a separate nation, ready to fight and kill, that's part of your education and tradition, (coughs) can your mind (coughs) be free of all that? When you follow your guru, your books, your politicians, then your mind (coughs) has become mechanical, because in mechanical way of living there is security. You think there is security. But is there security? You have accepted the tradition that you are a Hindu, a label, and the other accepted the tradition that he's a Muslim, again a label. And when you, in that label, you seek security, that security is denied when you are fighting each other. That's common, ordinary reason. But you go on accepting that. So, can the mind. <coughs> please do pay attention to what is being said. because nobody tells you all these things. What they tell you is to puts you to sleep and you're all asleep, dead. You are functioning automatically. So please, Listen, because it's your life. Don't waste it. You have wasted a great deal of it. Don't waste it any more. And as we said, the word tradition has great meaning. That is, can the mind be free of mechanical way of living? I'll show it to you. Knowledge is mechanical. Knowledge means experience. Knowledge means that which has happened in the past, that has been accumulated, that has become the tradition. And when the mind lives in the past, then it is a mechanical mind, a repetitive mind. But knowledge is necessary. isn't it? If you didn't know where your home was, you couldn't go to it today after this meeting is over. If you didn't know how to ride a bicycle – though, that's knowledge, learning mechanically how to ride a bicycle, to do this and that, or to speak a language. Their knowledge is necessary, but when we reduce living to conformity to a pattern, which is according to previous knowledge, then we live mechanically. Are you? Are you, you um, Now again, when you say yes, is it? Verbal or actual? Please do give your life to this. Look, sirs, your house is burning. That the smoke of that burning is polluting the air You have lost all sense of affection, care, love. And unless your mind your mind, which is my mind, which is your neighbor's mind, which is the mind of an American, the mind, your mind, unless that mind undergoes a radical regeneration, the world will destroy itself. And it's your responsibility. And being a responsible person. Then you must be concerned to find out for yourself a way of looking, living, which is non-mechanical. That is, sir, knowledge is necessary. Knowledge, experience, and memory is. The background of thought. And all our religions, please listen, all our religions, all your books, all the social, moral, intellectual, world economic, and so on, is based on this principle of thought. You are planning. The p- political world, your religious world, your gods, your everything is based on thought. <coughs> and thought is the response of the knowledge that you have acquired. Therefore thought is never free, never new. Can't, do realise that. And if you try to create a world on thought, you are back again in the prison of the past. You understand all this? So is it possible to live functioning fully in the field of knowledge, which means employing thought, objectively, sanely, rationally, and at the same time be free of the past, therefore live totally in the present. You understand my question? So what does it mean to live in the present, which must be non-mechanical?
1: The third extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in Sanan, 1970, titled The Authority of Tradition.
0: The word authority, according to the meaning of the dictionary, is the one who starts an original idea, the author of something, the author of an idea of something entirely new. Then he sets a pattern, a mould, a system or an ideal an ideation and the rest seek finding some gratification in it or in them follows it so there is that way authority is set up first the original human being who has discovered something new, something original. Perhaps he puts into words, or into a picture, or into a poem, or a religious life. That becomes the pattern, the mold, the system which others follow. Whether it be Lenin, Mao, or others politically and economically, or religiously, then the rest blindly or cleverly, intellectually follow. Please, if I may suggest, do observe this in your own life, because that's what we are doing. You are not merely listening to a series of talks or discussions or explanations of certain facts, but you are actually, by listening to the speaker, listening to yourself, observing yourself, otherwise what is said has no value whatsoever. Right? So there are patterns of ways of life, of conduct, politically or psychologically, outwardly or inwardly. And the easiest thing for the mind, which is generally very lazy, indolent, is to follow what somebody else has said. The follower then, accepting authority as a means to what he wants to achieve or what is promised through that particular system of philosophy or ideation or a particular system of thought, follows it, clings to it, depends on it and thereby makes it into authority. Right? You are following all this? You are merely a follower then, a second-hand human being, and most people are, completely second-hand they may think they have some original idea in with regard to painting writing poems but essentially because they are conditioned to follow to imitate to conform become a second hand absurd human beings that's one quality of destructive nature of authority. Now do we, listening, do we belong to that kind of category? Do you? Don't answer me please, find out following somebody, or some belief, or some instruction, according to some book or to a person, who promises a reward, an enlightenment, a thing to be achieved at the end. Through a particular means, and the means <coughs> and the giver of that means become the authority. As human beings, <coughs> do we do this? Do you do this? Follow somebody. Psychologically, we are talking not the outward following, the outward obedience of following a law or denying a law and so on. We are not discussing that. But inwardly, psychologically, do do you as a human being follow? If you do, then you are essentially a second-hand, a worthless human being. You may do good works, you may have a very good life, you have a lovely house and all the rest of it, but it has very little meaning. Then (coughs) there is another kind of authority. The authority of tradition. The meaning of that word tradition means to hand over from the past to the present the Christian tradition, the Catholic tradition, the family tradition. The racial tradition. And the tradition also implies not only that which has been handed down, but also the tradition of memory. You understand? This becomes much more difficult. You're, I hope you are. We are going along together in this, are we? Yes? Because if you follow tradition one can see. At certain levels it has value, at other levels it has no value at all, good manners. politeness, consideration, thoughtfulness, the alertness of the mind that is watching, which can gradually become a tradition. And the pattern having been set, the mind then just repeats it, gets up, opens the door, Is punctual for meals, polite, and all the rest. But it has become a tradition. It is not. It is not born out of consideration, alertness, sharpness, clearness. (coughs) Then there is the tradition of a mind that has cultivated memory and functions like a computer, every action, every repeat, repeating over and over and over again, so that it can never receive anything new, it can never listen to anything totally different As we said the other day, our brains are like the tape records. certain memories have been cultivated through centuries and we repeat that over and over and over again. Through the noise of that repetition we try to listen to something new. and therefore we don't listen at all. Then we say, what am I to do? How am I to get rid of the old machinery, the old tape, and listen to the new tape? The new thing can be heard only. When the old tape is silent. And the old tape becomes completely silent without any effort. If you are serious to find to listen, to find out, give your attention. So there is the authority of another and the dependence of another, on another, there is the authority of tradition, there is the authority of the past as memory, as experience, as knowledge, And there is the authority of an experience which is the immediate. Are you following? All this? You have had an experience, and that becomes the authority. Experience is based on your past accumulated knowledge, otherwise if you don't recognise that as experience, as something new, it is not an experience. Are you following all this? Am I talking too much and too fast? You're following all this? Which is following yourself, not me, not the speaker. Right. So there are these four, these various categories of authority. And how can a mind, a brain, which is so conditioned by authority, imitation, conformity, adjustment. How can such a mind and a heart listen to anything completely new? How can it listen to the beauty of a day? And the mind and the heart and the brain are clouded by the past as the authority. So if you see that, not verbally, not intellectually, but actually perceive the fact, the actual what is, that is a mind that is burdened by the past, conditioned by various forms of authority, is not free and therefore cannot see completely, if you actually see that then the past is set aside, without effort.
1: The fourth extract is from the fourth talk in Bombay, 1978, titled, Is Tradition Different From You?
0: Most of us are heavily conditioned. Most of us follow the easy path of tradition, without much thought, the repetitive beliefs, the repetitive conclusions and want what the ancient people have said and so on. We are bound a great deal to tradition. And we think that along the traditional way there is is some kind of future, hope for man. Tradition implies, doesn't it, the very meaning of that word, to hand down to pass on, to give to, from generation to generation a certain set of ideas, systems, beliefs and worship. And also that word has a very definite meaning, which is betrayal, to betray. to betray the present. And for most of us it is very difficult to break down the walls that generations of the past have built around each human being. Unless we do break down all our beliefs, all our ideas and conclusions, we cannot possibly start with a clean slate. And one must start with a clean slate to find out for oneself what is truth. and. the entity that breaks down tradition is part of the tradition is not separate from the tradition so the problem arises how is one knowing that one is heavily deeply conditioned as a hindu muslim buddhist christian and so on whether it is thought possible to uncondition oneself, to break down this conditioning, and not enter into another condition. And to find that out, to break down, one must go into the question whether the entity who wishes to break down the tradition is different from the tradition itself. You understand my question? Please let us go into this as two friends talking over together. That is, is the observer of the tradition different from the tradition itself? That is the question first. That is, the, the entity that wishes to break down the enormous conditioning, the weight of it, is that entity different from the quality of the conditioning itself? Or the entity that wishes to break down the conditioning is part of the conditioning. Therefore there is no division between the entity that wishes to break down the conditioning and the conditioning. They are one, not separate. You understand my question? My statement, rather. We think, and our conditioning says, that the I, the the person who makes an effort, who guides, who breaks down the conditioning, is something totally different from the conditioning. But when you observe closely, you will see that the the entity, the being that endeavours to break down the conditioning is part of that conditioning itself. So you have a, a great problem. I hope we are participating in what we are talking about. You know, one of the most rather interesting and amusing, to find out what is the process of our thinking, how we approach a problem. The approach is far more important than the problem itself. How you come to the problem. And the approach to the problem either breaks down the problem or increases the problem. So we must be very clear when we talk about the observer is not different from the observed, which is a fact if you go into it very carefully, how you receive, how you approach, how you participate in that question. That is, a person who is angry, is he different from the person who says, I must not be angry? Or the observer is the observed. And therefore, when the observer is the observed, you eliminate altogether conflict. Please understand this very carefully. I'll explain it ten different ways, but because we were going to go into something very, very complex. That must be approached with clarity. And there is no clarity if there is conflict. So from the very beginning we are saying that it is important to find out for yourself whether the observer who watches his conditioning is different from that which is conditioned. All right. Suppose I was born in India – I was born in India – suppose I was born in India, brought up as a Hindu with all the superstitions, puja, beliefs, illusions, God is in me, God is outside me, God is all in me, you know that tremendous weight of tradition. Now is that tradition different from me who is observing that tradition? You understand my question? If he is different from me, then there is a division between me and the conditioning. Then I can operate on that conditioning break it down, because I want to go beyond my conditioning. But am I, who is endeavouring to go beyond the conditioning, different from the conditioning itself? If I can solve that problem, then I remove altogether, there is a removal altogether of conflict. You understand? I hope. Because when we talk about meditation, as we're going to, any form of effort on the part of the meditator denies meditation. Right? Because the meditator is more important than meditation. And to find out, to understand what the meditator is about is far more necessary, far more important than to say, please teach me how to meditate. So we are saying, is the conditioner? Is the condition different from the man or the person who says, I want to break down my conditioning? If he wants to break down his conditioning then there is conflict. Because the person or the idea that he must break down thinks he is different. So we are saying both are conditioned, both. Now that is the problem first. How do you approach that problem? You understand? Is the problem different from you? Or you are the problem? Now, if you are the problem, that is, your whole outlook on life, your whole activity, your whole existence is basically, fundamentally conditioned, if you go into it very deeply, and there is no spot. There is no somewhere in that conditioning, some light, some divinity, some energy outside us that is going to break down the conditioning. The whole human mind is conditioned through education, and this modern education is destroying our minds, our brains, through tradition, through belief, through the assertion that I am different from that which I observe. That's part of the tradition. So the entirety of your existence is conditioned.
1: The final extract in this episode is from Krishnamurti's fourth talk in Madras, 1979, titled, The Tradition of Time.
0: We are asking whether there is freedom at all within the area of knowledge, which is the brain, the mind. Because if there is no freedom there, There cannot possibly be love, it is only a man that is completely, absolutely free from the past, that that can fully comprehend or be in that that state of mind where there is love, compassion, intelligence, so this is very important for all of us to find out, not just the speaker alone, to find out. As there is no freedom within the movement of the mind, including thought, there is no freedom and so is no love, and hence is it possible? to go beyond the process of time you understand my... time is movement from here to there both physically a movement psychologically from what is to what should be or what might be this constant movement of thought, pursuing the ideal, like a man who is ambitious, he needs time to achieve his end, and with that same mentality, that is, one needs time to achieve a certain result to achieve, certain scale to for an egg for a seed to become a a plant. That is, there is the process of evolution. Right? You are following all this. That is the movement of time, which is called evolution. Man has been from million years, has acquired through thousands and thousands of years of experience, knowledge, and in that process of evolution, he has come into this state of mind. All that needs time. And we think time can bring about freedom. Freedom from jealousy, freedom from anxiety, freedom from fear, but not freedom from pleasure. So we exploit time – please listen to it. We exploit time as a means, psychologically, to achieve a result. Right? That is, I am jealous, greedy, psychologically, full of discontent, full of uh, being hurt. And to get over all that I need time. You understand? That is, I will examine it, I will go into the cause of it, I will analyse it, introspect examination and at the end of it perhaps I will be out of it. All that means time. That is, the tradition of the mind, you are following this, the tradition handed down from generation after generation through thousands of years, that time is a means of changing, is a means of conquering, is a means of achievement both physically and psychologically, so the mind. The brain is conditioned to tie. You're following all this? Examine it please, I'm not this I'm not the speaker is not telling you what to think. That would be catastrophic. But we are examining together being concerned actively into the nature of the mind, which is our mind. Our mind is the mind of man, of of human beings, it is not your mind or my mind, it is the mind, because your mind is the result of many thousands of years old. The instincts, the subtle intimations are the result of years. So you are not an individual, you are are the rest of mankind. So we are not in this exploration becoming more and more selfish, more and more self-centred. On the contrary, it is this self-centred activity that is destroying the world. So the mind which is the rest of humanity, has never been able to go beyond the limits of time. You understand? Without this conditioning of time, without this sense of moving from here to there, both physically as well as inwardly, that is the result of outward evolution – right? – from a little plant which becomes a tree in a hundred years, like a banyan tree. That same sequential concept is carried over psychologically. And so we say time is necessary, right? That's our conditioning, that's our tradition. You will eventually achieve nirvana, heaven, illumination, God, whatever you like, if you do this, 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 this. All that admits… This destructive, corruptive nature of time. Right? Are we meeting each other? And the question arises, is it to is it possible not to be caught in this time? I don't know if you're interested in all this. Because it's your life, not my life, and we're going to go into this. Whether it's possible to act not in the in the tradition of time, right? The immediate is far more important than the future. The immediate. You understand this? Huh? Are you me? I'll show you something. Which is, we are full of problems. unresolved, one problem after another. Both in our relationships, personal, intimate, there are problems, business problems, scientific problems, mathematical problems. Mathematical problems, scientific problems have their own field, but we are talking of human problems. And these problems, when carried over day after day, day after day, corrupt the mind. What, In the sense corrupt the mind, we mean by that make the mind insensitive. It is not quick, not active, rapidly responding. Because it is like man carrying this heavy burden of problems, you, you understand what happens to a mind? But I go on like this? So you are carrying these problems and you say, time will resolve these problems. You analyse a problem, find the cause of the problem, go into it, and mind being caught in this tradition of time becomes lazy, insensitive, says, well, i will be solved tomorrow. So the tomorrow is the movement of time, of postponement. And in that there is no immediacy. You understand? There is nothing immediate. Now, to problem of any problem, anger, violence, this question of violence, to meet violence immediately. In oneself, not say have this idea of non-violence, which is again the tradition of time. Eventually, will become non-violent, like the United Nations. All the nations are together. Eventually, they will achieve brotherhood, which is tamirat. So, you are following all this. That is. The mind has become accustomed, trained, conditioned to time, there is never any question of immediate action. And now we are saying the immediate dissolves time. Are you I'll show it to you. Not dissolves time, breaks the tradition of time. If you are violent, and you have to deal with it immediately, because there is no non violence, that's non fact. Violence is a fact. Is what is actually going on? Your anger, your jealousy, your hatreds, your competition, every sense of that self-assertive, aggressive movement. That's violence in different forms. And the mind, being accustomed to time. Has invented non violence, thought has invented non violence, which is non fact. And therefore you say, I will gradually become non violent. But in the meantime, you're violent. You're playing a game with yourself. Whereas, violence is anger, hatred, forms of competition, and competition is destroying the world, both individual, collective, all that, that is destroying competition. So that is a fact, and you have to deal with violence instantly. You understand my question? not allowing time to say, I will get over it. You have to deal with that fact immediately. See what happens to the mind, which is faced with the immediacy of action.